Hey everyone, Mario Barecki here, and I am known as the Conversation Guy. I'm also the founder of MediaMar, and at MediaMar, we help thought leaders craft and distribute conversations that convert. I believe everything starts with a conversation. I believe conversations are the most powerful way to create connections, to create relationships, and to create opportunities with each other. So everything has a basis in conversation. And on this podcast that you're about to listen to, I'm going to have 10-minute conversations with thought leaders to do just that, create relationships, create opportunity, but more importantly, to convey value, value from them and their perspective and how they operate on a daily basis, and to really tell a story that can bring some value and positivity tips, tricks, ideas, what have you, to your life to make it better. So sit back, relax, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. I know those things don't quite go together. Sit back, relax, and buckle in. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to get the conversation started right now. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you hear, please rate and review our podcast. I am super excited. We have a very special guest here with us today. Ed Lattimore's here, and Ed is also from Pittsburgh. We didn't even know each other, even though we probably live 10 minutes apart. Someone connected us. He's a former professional heavyweight boxer, a competitive chess player. He's a best-selling author. His writing focuses on self-development, realizing your potential, and sobriety, all of which he approaches from personal experience, overcoming overcoming poverty and addiction. You can check out his blog and his website, edlattimore.com. Also, you can connect with him across social media. He's very big on Twitter and Instagram. Those links you can find in the show notes and at his website. But um, it's just super great to have him here. And his story is just phenomenal, so I can't wait to get into it. Ed, welcome to the show, man. Hey, man, I'm, I'm really excited to be here. You're the first like real Pittsburgh guy that I've had a chance to chat with and talk to, man. I'm really excited about that. That's cool. I, and I talk to a lot of people, so I'm always surprised. I always ask people where they're from. And when someone says Pittsburgh, I'm always like shocked because it doesn't happen <laughs> often. And for as many people as I talk to, you're probably the second person that's come across my radar in the last three years that's been from Pittsburgh as well. That is, that is cool and kind of surprising because I, I just feel like there's a lot of great people here, uh, a lot of great people, and certainly on the internet now, I mean, it's great that anyone can kind of get out there and build themselves up, and if they have something interesting to talk about or a compelling message, very easy to share on the internet and, and grow a following that way, which, is, which I guess is uh, what I've done. That was not really the intention, but here we are, <laughs> and, and it's working out pretty well. Yeah, that's cool. And you were born and raised in Pittsburgh, correct? It wasn't just a place. Like, you left for a while, then you came back. Born and raised here. I was born in, in the Hill District, and then I moved to Northview Heights. And this is kind of relevant to the overall story, because those are, uh, I don't know if you know, but those are some of the, if not the worst uh, neighborhoods in, in Pittsburgh in terms of crime rate, income level, they're both public housing projects. Uh, I probably witnessed my fair share and experience, you know, share of violence growing up. And that really shapes you. You know, I'm fortunate. I think about, you know, the areas where luck is involved, where I'm just designed a certain way to be kind of non-reactive and probably lean a little towards a stoic philosophy. Uh, in other words, I'm not a hothead. And that really keeps you from getting into some situations where it's going to be real hard to get out of. But then I, I realized a lot of stuff. Uh, I didn't know exactly what the philosophy was called, but I understood that if I could subjugate how I felt in the moment 
and keep my eye on the longer prize, I'd probably be in a better position in my life later on. And that really helped me do a lot of stuff there. I, I'm personally glad that you're not a hothead because if you were with your <laughs> boxing background, <laughs> you could, I wouldn't want to mess with you. Put it that way. You know, what's funny about that is that one of the things that, that I had a big weakness weakness with in boxing is, is it, I viewed it as a sport. My coach said, you view this as a sport too much. And the reality is it's not really a sport. I mean, every other sport has, I mean, okay, so there's rules in boxing, but, but one of the big differences is that in sports, fighting is explicitly forbidden and the penalties vary. Every, anything from like, like a, you know, a penalty in the, you know, two minutes in a box or something like that. In, in hockey to like outright suspensions and bans and like football and baseball. So it just depends. Boxing, on the other hand, you know, you're, you're in trouble if you, if you don't fight. And that's how scores kept by how much damage you, you, you generate and inflict on the other person. In fact, if a fight doesn't go to knockout, which is like the ultimate uh, display of damage, then it's each round is scored and calculated. And one of the things they score you on is how much damage you inflict on the other person. So, uh, I had a I had a small problem because I, I never approached it from a point of anger because I learned very early on what happens when you when you don't have control over that. Fortunately, you know, I, I eventually picked that up. It's just one of those things, you know, boxing is one of those things where there's a negative feedback mechanism. If you don't respond to said mechanism, you're not gonna be boxing very long. You know, you can only get hit in the head so long before you realize, you know, put your hands up or you're just not going to be fit the box. You won't have a record. You'll be all messed up, you know. So, so I would say, you know, I figured that out, but, but that is not me naturally. What got you into boxing? Oh man. So the, the, the really interesting part about my career in, in the ring is that I didn't start fighting until I was 22, which is like, I mean, that's, that's ancient. Yeah, people don't don't do that. But the reason I started is, you know, so let, let's let's rewind just a little bit. In high school, I played football, and then I thought I might, like all high school players, uh, try to go and play in college. And I went to this small Division three college, which is, you know, everyone told me that was a good plan: play football there and take advantage of the education at the school. You know, Division three, there's almost no chance I'll go to the NFL. But I got to play and continue to play the game, and I got to go to a really good school, the University of Rochester, to be exact. Which, which at the time, I don't know where it is now, but at the time it was like a top thirty school in the nation. Okay, I went there, and and I was like not ready to be in college. Like, not. I had zero study skills. You know, I kind of fudged my way through high school. Uh, I was emotional maturity. We're not even going to get into that. Big problems there. Fell right into the alcohol crowd, the chasing girls crowd, partying crowd. For me, it was it was a party. Uh, and, and it was an expensive party <laughs> at that. Uh, even, even though, because Division threes don't offer scholarships. So I was you know, taking out loans and I didn't really understand what that meant at the time. But yeah, you got to pay that money back eventually. Okay. So, so I turned into like just this total waste of a person really looking back at it. And, and, and I'm dating this girl and, and I do everything I can to make sure I can see her every day. Her mom is a, is a college professor though. So she's got high hopes and everything. 
But at this point, I'm, I'm on this rant against college, right? I think college is foolish. There's a bit of sour grape syndrome in there as well, along with some legitimate analysis of, of the cost benefit. Right? It just didn't make sense to me. And I ranted about this to everyone that would listen, including mom, who was a college professor, right? And one day she says to me, she goes, okay, let's pretend you're correct. Let's pretend college is a waste. What have you done? with your past four years other than show up at my house and eat my food. And then she threw me out. And that got me thinking, you know, she was right. I mean, look, because one of the things when you have, when you have my personality, I, I can't embrace uh, a lie and I can't embrace hope and I can't deceive myself. I really try to avoid that. But she was right. I mean, for all intents and purposes, I had not existed from 18 to 22. It was like, what, 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 what was there to show I had done something? No degree, no military service, no like business started. I hadn't even had a real job. I like worked at Starbucks. So I was like, okay, what can we do to get some sweat equity in? And I said, well, you know what? I had two ideas. I said, well, I got three, but one, it wasn't really an idea. The third one was like, let me go play like semi-professional football. Uh, I don't know why I thought that was a good idea, but it seemed like a good one. But the other two were join the military and I was, YouTube was coming up and I saw all these videos of kickboxing and boxing. I said, you know what? I've always wanted to try that. I'm still in shape. Let's go try boxing out. And that is how it started. That is that is why I started boxing, because I needed something to show that I wasn't just a, a regular person. That's always kind of been one of the fears is being seen as like a normal nobody just existing. Because I think, you know, when you, when you come up as somebody who is, you know, they have like this gifted program in the, in the Pittsburgh public schools, and then you get to identify yourself as being a little smarter and you feel special that way. And then you play sports and you feel special that way. And and I'm fortunate that uh, there, there are just many other ways. I think we all want to feel important. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just how you go about doing it. Okay, and there have been times in my life where I went about doing that the incorrect way. But one of the best decisions I think I've ever made in terms of the opportunities it continues to bring me, how it organized and structured my life and really just what it exposed me to was was deciding that, okay, I'm going to go make myself important here. I'm going to going to box. I'm going to let boxing and, and with my mentality, I walked into the ring. I said, okay, I walked into the gym. I said, I don't know how this is going to go. But I know how it's not going to go. I'm not going to quit. Uh, quitting always seemed weird to me. And then I really thank football for, for teaching me a lot of the value of not quitting. And if I, if I stop, it's going to be because I get injured or, or somebody with some real experience pulls me aside and said, look, man, you're just not getting this. This is not for you. You're going to get hurt. Get out of here. Fortunately, none of that stuff happened. And so I just kept getting a little better, a little better, a little better uh, incremental improvement. And and ultimately, uh, it 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 really I'm, I'm really grateful for everything boxing's done for me. We're, we're having this conversation right now, maybe not exactly because of boxing, but because a lot of things in the second and third order uh, that came as a result of me getting in the ring. 
Well, it all has it all plays a part of it. I mean, I believe you know the the overall journey someone takes. One thing leads to another, leads to another, leads to another, and you know, if one thing would have been different in either one of our stories, we probably wouldn't be sitting here right now doing this call. Oh man, absolutely. One of the things I tell people is that by by virtue of trying to accomplish something like intentional effort, when you when you set out to do a thing, what is going to happen? It's, it's like it's like playing pool, okay? And you're breaking the balls. And all the balls are something positive. And you're hitting it. And you don't quite know where they're going to go and what they're going to interact with. But by virtue of you trying to break it, by taking an action, you're going to generate a bunch of other positive externalities, as they say in economics. These positive externalities are going to greatly benefit you in some way. And they're going to be in a way that at your glance, you're going to look like luck because you're like, how did that happen? I, I had no control over that. But the reality is that it's all a subsidiary, a reaction to a second or third order effect of you trying to do something. And as you get closer to what you were trying to do, like, like my goal was, like I think every fighter's goal, would like become the, well, well, no, my goal was to become the best fighter I could become. If that happened to get me to a championship level, great. But my goal was to become the best fighter I could become. And by doing that, I did so many other things or triggered so many other events that that I just, I cannot thank boxing enough. But 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 is it boxing or is it an intentional goal? Well, boxing is the intentional goal, so I thank them both. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. And I also think God has a big part to play in everything too. I think that, you know, we have this path or, you know, there's things in my life I can think of that I tried to do that I wanted so bad at the time, but they just didn't work out for one reason or another. And there's really no explanation for why they just didn't. And now I, now looking back, I can see that if that would have worked out, I wouldn't be here. And this is where I'm supposed to be right now. So that, in my mind, says that, you know, God has a hand in this. And he gives you another chance over and over and over again to do what he designed you to do. And sometimes it's hard because sometimes he's got to kick you down to pick you back up. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, um, my mom used to say, uh, God protects babies and fools. And and that always, you know, that, that, that used to just annoy me. And then I got older, and and I reflect on a lot of the the things that uh, could have gone another way. Uh, I was talking about this on Twitter the other day in the conversation. Uh, for example, I had a big problem with alcohol, a big problem, and and I got that under control. Thank goodness, a lot of it being because of boxing. Okay, but um, I think about all the stupid things I did under the influence, and all it took was the you know the 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 mathematician in me says I I stopped being stupid before the law of large numbers caught up to me, right? That you know someone said it takes like like I think the stat is like it takes eighty times driving under the influence on average before you finally get caught, right? Okay, so that that's a math problem. The the theist in me, the the you know the the, the Christian slash Catholic, not quite sure why why I sit exactly because of the influences uh, in me, uh, says that I'm I'm destined for a greater purpose, and I was given getting chances, to, you know, to not mess that up, and so uh, no matter how I look at it, the end result is that I'm extremely grateful that 
that I got to stop my behavior before my behavior was stopped for me. Because when you stop on your own, you 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 know people are willing to forgive you. You're able to talk about it in a way that helps people learn. You're able to be an inspiration when it is stopped for you. When you do something like oh I don't know, hit somebody under the influence, well. Doesn't matter how long you, you, you stop drinking after that point, you've permanently altered somebody's life and in a negative way because of your habits that you couldn't get under control. Anytime you make a decision to go in a positive direction or generate a positive behavior or stop a negative behavior and replace it with a positive behavior, it's empowering. You empower yourself. Whenever it's done for you, that's not being empowered. That's the power <laughs> being taken away. Right, that's you can the difference, di- I think. You can discipline yourself or the universe can discipline you, but if the universe discipline either way you're going to get right. <laughs> well, right. Well, not even that. I, I won't even say you'll get right. Either way you're going to stop making the world wrong, okay? Yeah. And yeah. and when and how it happens is going to determine whether you benefit from it or whether you are punished severely. Yep. I agree, man. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I can't wait. There's a part two to your story that I can't wait to talk about in the next episode. So I remind everyone they can find you at edlattimore.com. They can connect with you across Twitter, on Instagram. You, you're very active on social. Check out your blog, which you're updating regularly. And uh, this has been a blast. I'm looking forward to picking up the conversation on the next episode, my friend. Awesome, man. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, everyone. I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the podcast. It really means a lot to me. Conversations are what I thrive on. It's something that I believe is so important for each and every one of us to have conversations that matter, to have conversations that connect us, to create relationships with each other. So the conversation that I have with the guests that are on the show, the conversations that the guests and I create to have with you are equally important and a great way for you to have conversations with us is to rate and review the podcast. So if you could go to Apple Podcasts, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate and review this, it is much appreciated. And you can always find us at MediaMario.com. If you go to MediaMario.com, you can find all the things there. If you want to connect with the guests that I had on today or guests that I've had on the show in the past, you can go to MediaMario.com and get their information. If you want to connect with me and have a conversation with me, I welcome that. All my social links everywhere that you can find me all over the web is at MediaMario.com. So go there, visit us, connect with us. I'd love to have conversations with you. I hope you found value in today's show, and I can't wait to bring you the next conversation on the next episode of The Conversation Guy. Until then, have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you real soon.